Entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. You're the first one in, last one out, and you do whatever it takes to succeed. Nonetheless, 25 million Americans have chosen the entrepreneurial life because it's equal parts demanding and fulfilling. Welcome to the People First, Then Profit podcast. Join hospitality veteran, photographer, and entrepreneur Don Mamoni each week as he hosts a candid, no-holds-barred conversation with successful business owners and entrepreneurs eager to share their professional secrets with you. Like his crazy Italian family does on Sunday nights, he's serving up a healthy portion of inspiration, motivation, and education, so I hope you're hungry. Now, here's your host, Don Mamoni. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. This is the People First and Profit podcast. I am joined today by a member of the DFW events industry. But more than that, I'm joined today by a longstanding and good friend, Anastasia Stratton. She is the lead hair and makeup artist and owner of Concepts by Anastasia. Anastasia, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Don? I'm spectacular. I like to tell people that if I were any better than I'm doing today, I'd be two people. I love it. It's a little over the top, but it gets it. the message across. Don, so, I expect nothing less from you, honestly. I do try to bring the heat. Um, <laughs> first thing I have to tell the audience that I love about you is, is that you are pre-Dawn in that you knew Emily long before Emily knew me. And so uh, I have literally known you as, as long as I've known my wife. You're an exceptional person. You're an unbelievable professional. You are now the mother of three adorable babies. And uh, you're still crushing it in the industry. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to start by reading a quick bio and then we're gonna have some fun. Sounds great. Anastasia is the owner and lead hair and makeup artist of Concepts by Anastasia. She is known throughout the industry as being a team player, supporting and encouraging continued education in all fields and as a very quick and efficient hair and makeup artist. I like how quick and efficient your bio is. It hits all the points. It tells me that uh, you're a team player. It tells me that you're quick and efficient, which is a need and a want for many of your clients. I'm confident. Uh, and you, you found a somewhat up and down, back and around route to where you are today. So before I get into my questions, let's just hear a little bit about your journey, how you ended up here in the events and hospitality industry as a, as a hair and makeup artist. Sure. Yeah. I, I'll start a little bit at the very beginning. Um, I was in acting for a long time. That's what my degree in colleges from. And, uh, once I got just over that, it's actually Don and Emily, y'all were the first ones that kind of led me to the path of hair and makeup. You said, well, if you're not going to be in front of the camera anymore, why don't you be behind it and still in the thing? And I said, well, that sounds great. So got hooked up with uh, a girl named Tisha who owns mm -hmm. TC makeup. And I was yep. with her team for years, probably five, six years before I went out on my own. So she was kind of my bread and butter, my first start in the industry and uh, my first glimpse into what teams looked like in the industry. So um, kind of built my own small team. Uh, then I went to hair school, went to Paul Mitchell in Oklahoma, decided if I'm going to do it, let's go all the way. Cause mm -hmm. you know, that's just who I am. And so that ended up being probably the smartest thing I've done for myself because now I hit two different markets in a completely separate way. And so I have lots of freedom and creativity and um, ways to make income uh, and make my own schedule really truthfully. So the thing that I love about that Anastasia is that you um, valued knowledge and experience. So you decided if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go and I'm going to get a degree. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to learn how to do this. And uh, I'm just going to use sort of a, 
a, a word in the industry. So you have two profit centers now, right? So not only do you do hair and makeup, but you have a salon, uh, you have a station, you cut hair and you do things like that. So how cool for you, because I'll bet you as your life evolved, the hair and makeup uh, event industry world maybe needed to kind of slow down or be, uh, I don't want to say staffed out, but you did create a team of people that, that served your client and your brand. And you were able to still able to cut hair, which is a little more routine and maybe a little bit less impactful on your life. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes. And it allows for cross-marketing, mm-hmm. which is really cool because, you know, I'll have days in the salon where it's literally all industry people. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, photographer, wedding planner, florist day in the salon. And then where, you know, you're getting bridesmaids or brides who are like, oh, you cut in color too. So then they become a client far longer than just the day of. So I'm like, well, that was totally unexpected. I'm glad you said that was totally unexpected. I'm more than willing to say that I like to think of myself as a fairly smart business person, but I never really thought about the implication of, hey, by the way, I do cut and color other event professionals, wedding planners who are probably your bread and butter. Come sit in my chair with me for an hour or two. Let me cut your hair. We'll chat about all things industry. And then you get to know me brilliant. Absolutely. And, and the other way around, of course, right. Somebody Absolutely. comes to your chair and is your, is your bridesmaid that then goes on to become your hair client for years. Yeah. It's, it. it's truly a, a very, um, like I did not plan that at all. And so, uh, the fact that it is what it is and is now what I do is mm-hmm. really cool. I think we could just from now on, every time we have this conversation and you say, you know, I had this epiphany one day that I was going to build this empire based on the fact that, and just, just claim it and own it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, because happy accidents, uh, we talk about that in the visual artist world and photography, right? Uh, you ch- don't change the setting, something different happens and you look at it and you're like, wow, that was a really happy accident. I'm super happy with that image, even if that wasn't my, my immediate intention and goal. So we've read your bio. If that didn't show your credibility, just this conversation about how you've built a business around building teams because we can only be one place at one time, right? I think that's when you're providing a personal service, like hair and makeup photography on a wedding day in a chair, you can only be in one place. So, so cool to show just exactly how, how your business acumen has served you. Let's ask some questions around the topic that we're here to talk about. And that's being an irreplaceable member of the team. When you and I chatted about this, I thought what a cool topic to think, how do I make myself who there's a lot of talented makeup artists in town and I know you know them and I know you collaborate with them and you believe in collaboration over competition, but how do you make yourself irreplaceable? And you've been doing this for, I hate to say it, over a decade. Yeah, this is year 14. And so how do you, what are the things that you do, right? For over a decade, year 14, almost 15 years. What do you do in a saturated market to say, hey, hire me as your hair and makeup artist instead of one of the other people so that you can get your fair share of that market? Sure. Well, I'll talk about that in, in two ways. Um, I'll talk about it in setting myself apart as concepts by Anastasia. Mm-hmm. And then I'll talk about it in um, placing myself on larger teams as a lead artist. So what it boils down to, to me, and what I've noticed over time is that my theater training has allowed me to become a very good listener. And I feel like a lot of the times where hair and makeup artists sometimes miss the mark is They don't listen and it's hard to listen to a picture, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But when someone brings you an inspiration image, you have to think, hmm, what are the things that you actually like about that picture? Is it 
the, the girl's really pretty? Is it that um, she has this one little sweeping thing in front of her face as for hair? Like asking key questions and having a really solid consultation, I think is something that allows me to be set apart from quote unquote, my competition, right? Mm -hmm. So um, basically, if you look at my aesthetic, it's very simple. It's very clean. It's not, you know, cut creases and big dramatic lashes. And it's, it's very much just clean, simple, timeless, pretty. Like those, those are what I do every day. And I would prefer to do for the rest of my makeup career, hair career. Um, and so knowing that, and then being able to do that on my team, I also find like-minded people who say, you know, can you do what the person is asking? Can you ask what the person likes? Can you have that quick consultation that allows you to do it in a timely, efficient manner that you're not spending three hours with a person in a chair because time is money as we know. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that allows me to be set apart business wise. And then what allows me, go ahead, Don. I just wanted to pull from that. The fact that what you said is so simple. It sounds so simple, but it really takes thought and it takes intention to say, what is it that you like about this photo? Yep. Not, uh, yeah, I can make you look like that girl or yep. I can totally do that haircut. You're really individualizing the process. Right. And I don't think that the consumer necessarily knows sometimes until you ask them, they're like, oh, well, I just looked at the picture. Okay. Well, let's dive a little bit deeper. Do you like the eyes? Do you like the lip? Do you like that? It's on the top of the head. Oh, I never really noticed that. I just kind of like the picture overall. Okay. Boom. So in my mind, it's like, then I have answers to all the questions I need and I no longer need to bombard the client with 15 other questions about it. I got my game plan just from that one answer. Mm -hmm. So really kind of the nugget there to take away, I think is make your consultation more concise mm -hmm. and have the game plan ready for yourself to go from those answers. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll work with artists that ask tons and tons and tons of questions. And that's just a comfort level thing that just makes them feel like they know exactly what they're doing. They want to check in with the client, make sure they're really, really digging it. Whereas for me, I'm more of the big picture thing, even still to this day, I still mm -hmm. do the big reveal after I do a cut and color. I don't blow dry in front of the mirror. I don't ask them 112 questions. I turn them around and say, you tell me what you think. You're allowed to not like it. You're allowed to say you want to change things. It does not bother me at all. This is you. You got to look at yourself in the mirror. These are your pictures for your wedding. So as long as you don't tell me I suck at my job because I don't, then you can make adjustments. And I feel like allowing the person in your chair, whether it's cut, color, photography, whatever the, the thing is, allowing them to make adjustments without hurting your feelings. Cause people, people always say, well, I just didn't want to mm -hmm. hurt your feelings. Well, I can't grow as an artist and a human. If you don't allow me the space to improve upon what I've already done. It's really interesting. Cause that's the intersection of art and commerce. You run a business, but you're an artist, you're a hair and makeup artist. And the fact of the matter is, is there's a lot of hair and makeup artists that are unapproachable are difficult to give feedback to. And what you've highlighted there as well, Anastasia, that I love so much is 
there's a difference between constructive feedback and discourse and destructive discourse. So if somebody says, you know, I'm sorry, but I think you suck at what you do. Nothing good's going to come of that. And it's not constructive as opposed to, well, I just think it's a little too high, or I think my lip is too dark, which is something you can say, great noted. Uh, I'm happy to, to that. pull that yeah. back. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's, all the things that I've taken from that are all the reasons why you've been in business for 14 years and you've been doing so well at it, right? Exceeding expectations, doing the little things that count, having a game plan and really bringing your whole self and owning your process. So thank you for so thoroughly answering that question. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is how things don't always go as planned, right? Especially on a wedding day. So um, what is your expectation? What is your strategy for making sure that when things don't go plan A, you have a B, a C, a D, that, that you're really there to, to support not only your client, because you know the event industry, it's about your other vendors as well, right? right. Uh, I like the word quick and efficient because there's nothing worse on a wedding day than someone that's a part of this bigger machine, which I know how well you understand, holding everybody else up. So sure. let's talk about that. Doesn't go to plan. What's your what's your your solution for that? Well, I think it's it's partially the answer I gave to the previous question is about reading the room, understanding where you can help make up time where you can be the post work, where you can be the Photoshop for the photographers, um, where you can be, you know, the ear of a ride's just really losing it and, and just needs a minute. You know, if you can clear out the room, like basically find, even though my, my sole job is to be the hair and makeup, right. Find where I can be the hand. What do you need me to do without me necessarily asking, what do you need me to do? Cause they don't need more questions on the day of Lord knows they have plenty of that going on. So right. finding um, little ways like putting together a timeline mm-hmm. where the bride is right there in the middle. So her face can settle, her hair can settle. She can talk to her people, see if she wants to change things. Not at the very end where it's just like, you know, you're running out of time and you're on the most important person of the day. So mm-hmm. finding little things like that, where you can tweak um, in in the prep process, as opposed to the day of, and then when things don't go to plan on the day of, you have lots of time, you have plenty of options. And if you don't have time being, being confident enough in yourself and in your team to say, Hey, I'm going to need you to take two extra services so I can spend a little bit more time. Just having a quick, simple conversation, not making a scene, Mm -hmm. um, not making it about yourself because it really truly isn't. And same thing, cut and color, same thing with anything that I do. It's not about me necessarily. It's about you being served in the way that you need. So finding, finding the, the, that fine line of reading the room and figuring out where you can help. I got to tell you, you literally hit so many of the points that have been why you've been a pleasure to work with and why you're successful at what you do. And to distill them out for those that are listening, that in those are looking to say, I'm in a saturated market. I, I struggle to get my fair share of the market as well. What am I doing wrong? If they're not doing the things you just talked about, I wouldn't say that they're not doing it wrong. It's just maybe they're not doing enough or they don't know about them. Sure. Right? The compliments that Emily and I would get, especially, I mean, still now, but especially in the social market that is, is very high emotion, didn't necessarily have to do with what we did as our profession, but how we did our profession. Right. I've said that for a very long time now, and I know you agree with it because you're the person that is the calmest in the room. You're the person who says, uh, I should have 25 minutes to do this. And instead of causing a fuss because something else was late, I'm going to do it in 20. 
and then we get us right yeah. back on time, right? And that that is so critical to what we do because it is the differentiator, right? If everybody does their hair and makeup the exact same, if their process is the exact same and the way they serve their client is the exact same, then you're an item on a shelf at a store. Right. And what's the common denominator is price. Right. People start shopping price. And that's the last thing in the world you want. It's a race to the bottom. So you have to do all the things you just said. I mean, to, to just literally list them out, exceed expectations, be proactive uh, rather than reactive, be a servant, have a servant's heart, walk in there and know it's not about you. You're a bigger part of the team. So you're literally hitting all the highlights, Anastasia. Good. Well, I'm glad. And I feel like that's something that I try to emulate, not in my own, not only in my own work, but when I educate other people and say, you know, it's not about necessarily how you do the hair and the makeup. Because as a hair and makeup artist, I feel like you should be fairly well-versed in all the things. So if someone does come to you with some inspiration that you're not necessarily comfortable with, either A, being okay and confident enough in your artistry to say, hey, this isn't something I normally do. I'm going to give myself a little bit more time on the trial to, to work through some things if you're okay with that. Or, hey, you know what? This is not something I'm comfortable with. I'm going to pass this on to someone I know is going to just knock it out of the park for you on the first try. And that I feel like is a really difficult thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. And saying, saying no to the hundred dollars and a yes to them continually coming to you to say, I really appreciate you passing me on to that person. I'm going to use you the next time, or I really appreciate you introducing me to this person that I'm going to use for the rest of my life. That fills me up just as much as me actually doing the hair and the makeup. Anastasia. I got to tell you, the reason that the look on my face is so much excitement and I'm, I'm holding it back so you could finish. <laughs> it's the hardest thing to do in business. And it's one of the most important is literally to say no to money because not everybody's your client. But when you curate your client list carefully, what ends up happening is you prove to the client that came to you, all of your future clients, anybody they would ever recommend to you and to everybody else in the industry with you. Okay, you ready for it? You care and you care about more than the business. And it's when you can show people that you care about more than the business that you're going to really succeed because that person, like you said, Hey, thanks for not trying to make it work for me and realizing there's somebody else that was a better fit. They're going to be just as loyal to you as they are to the person that, that was the right fit. Absolutely. And, and I think that's probably the number one thing that I tell people is when you do want to start in the industry, no matter what sect you're doing, be a second shooter be a floral takedown person, be mm -hmm. a team member. Don't necessarily start your own LLC, start your own DBA, start your own business. Being on a team is such a crucial part of being successful in the business long-term because you find the things that you would do differently if you had your own team, let's say. And you're able to curate that list before ever going in and falling flat on your face and having to learn lessons the hard way. So, I find that that's probably the number one thing is just being confident that a hundred dollars isn't going to make or break you. And if it is maybe going back to the drawing board and saying, what can I do differently? I mean, it's literally the name of this podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why I came to you with these ideas in the first place. I was like, this could not fit any better. You have to put the people over the money. And all that to say, you have to be in a place monetarily to where you can do that. And if you are not, 
spread yourself in different realms, like being on teams. I'll go back to that for a second. Mm -hmm. So by starting on a team and then having my own, I realized there's a lot of power in being a contractor for people. And especially because I'm a lead on my own team, I'm now a lead on contractors teams, meaning they can give me a bride and not have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sell my own things. I'm not going to talk about my own, owning my own business. I'm here for whatever team I'm working with. I'm this basically what I call a chameleon contractor, mm-hmm. right? So I can just infiltrate whatever team it is. And I will literally, you will not know that it's my first day on the job with mm-hmm. that team. I will mm-hmm. say hi to everyone. Like I've met them. I will, you know, just easily go into the situation and say, I am here to serve. I'm here to do the things and then I will leave. And I'm here to make that team look the absolute best they possibly can, regardless of how it affects me and my business. That's not the important part. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. And and having a servant's heart is one of the most important and biggest things that Emily and I ever do and what we bring to our business. I'm super happy that the title of the podcast resonates with you. I want to um, add on to what you said. So people first then profit is in fact, of course, that we want to put people first and then, and then profit. But the other thing that I love about the saying and what I'm trying to educate people on is if you're struggling in money, if you're struggling with your fair share, if you're struggling with your profitability, if you're struggling with charging premium prices, you still need to listen to the people first and profit because it's a causal relationship, in my opinion, Anastasia. And I've seen you make it work this way and it worked for us this way. If you put people first, the profit right. will come. It right. will come. So and that's the thing is, is by, you know, taking yourself out of the actual job and putting someone else in there, becoming the producer mm-hmm. for that client. Mm-hmm. It, it truly does make you an indispensable part of anybody's team. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't tell you how many times people have said, wow, thanks for referring me. I'm like, absolutely. Why wouldn't I? Mm-hmm. I, I'm constantly watching. I'm constantly listening to, you know, how other teams do it, how other people do it and, and where can I educate and where can I put this person with this person? Because it's not for me, 14 years in, it's not about me actually doing your hair and makeup anymore. It's mm-hmm. how can I be helpful period. And same thing, like when you have kids, when you have a spouse, when you have a partner, you know, is acts of service becomes unbelievably important. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can take that into your business acumen as well saying if is, it could be something so simple, just, mm-hmm. and we'll get into this later, I'm sure, but you know, to be a team player is really, it's, it's a test in how well can you listen? How well do you pay attention to little tiny cues that the team leader is giving you, you know, what, mm-hmm. what are things they're struggling with that they just eek a little bit out here and there that you could easily help them with, you know? So let's, let's transition there before we do. I want to say that, um, Cassie Brown, a good friend and associate of mine, she talks about this and she says, I can't be your competition when I'm rooting for you. And that resonated <laughs> with so many people and it's true. That's and you're, awesome. you're a huge collaborator over competition. So yes, the next question, which is, is a perfect segue is, I think that a lot of people listening to us right now are probably thinking that maybe they're doing well. Maybe this isn't that it's a struggle to succeed. Maybe it's a struggle to scale or it's a struggle to move to a place where they are a producer or running a team. And so let's talk about that a little bit, because I know that when 
Emily and I branched out and started bringing on associate photographers, I wasn't at all concerned really about finding a photographer that was a good photographer. I was worried about finding a photographer that would represent our brand at the level which we had worked tirelessly for over a decade to create. So let's talk about that. When you bring people onto your team, when you first started your team, and now that you've succeeded in having a team of people, what are the keys to making sure that that person is a great brand representative for you? That's a great question. So I think it first and foremost starts for me with um, just a simple conversation, just getting to know them a little bit and not even in a business sense. Just like, who is this person as a person, right? Check out their social media if you want. Check out, you know, let's go get coffee. Where do you like to get coffee? What do you like to drink, you know? Um, And then as far as specifically with hair and makeup, I do uh, an interview with them where it's a working interview and you Mm -hmm. do my hair and makeup. You know, I pay attention to how the brush strokes feel on the face. I pay attention to your cleanliness level. I pay attention to how you talk to the client, which is me, you know, Mm -hmm. um, how do you make me feel during the service? Because ours is is a very, we're very much in your bubble. We're very much in your space. Mm -hmm. So if you bring a, a certain level of energy that doesn't work and is not, um, what's the right word, uh, you, you can't like turn it on or off. You can't read the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that all the time. My boyfriend is like, seriously, again, I'm like, it's so important. It's, it's to me, it's the most important. And it's forever what I will uh, constantly go back to is how do that, does that person read the room? And the fact that they can do hair and makeup is kind of like the cherry on top. All the other things to me are more important than the actual aesthetic because I can teach aesthetic. I can teach you hair all day long. I can teach you certain things about makeup all day long. But if you don't have um, certain personality traits that work to be a chameleon, it's going to be a lot harder to teach that. It's, it's a lot harder to teach how to be a good team player. So I look more for the team player aspect than I do the aesthetic, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And it's 100% true. And cliches become cliches for a reason. It, there's certain things you just can't teach people, right? right? And so I think it's a brilliant idea. The other thing is you can't separate a person, right? Who they are from what they do. And so I think in sort of putting them in a situation, right? Where they're doing what they're going to be doing for you in a way that they're, they can't fake it. They're going to be the person that they're going to be. It's an experience-based situation. You're asking them experience-based questions. They're doing the experience. What an unbelievable way, because, you know, ultimately, like we've talked about, it's not, it's not essentially what you do. I can, I can determine whether or not you're a great photographer or a good makeup artist fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. It's, can you represent our brand in this other way? And to touch right. on your reading the room, I call it reading the room or taking the temperature, right? And figuring out what the thing is and what's going on. I, I think some of the best compliments we ever got was when brides would come back to us and be like, oh man, when it was just frenetic, when things were the most, and I was at the most uneasy, you guys were the calmest people. And that's not yeah. easy to do, right? When, when levels go up, when you're reading the room and you're noticing that all of the energy is, yeah. or the molecules are starting to vibrate, it's hard to keep calm. But yeah. when you do that, you become the epicenter of that calm and everybody starts to take your cue. And, you know, we should all write books or we should get together and host a podcast. I'm sure there are podcasts out there. Like this concept of, oh my gosh, on this wedding, this one time, this thing I did, they're so interesting. I yeah. mean, they would be binge worthy for sure. Oh, a hundred percent. 
but I, really, I agree with you. It could, it could go it, even further than weddings. It's like, you know, you get some of the best thank you cards and, and just like emails and whatever from the most random places, like the mother of the groom that you saw for 20 seconds, mm-hmm. you know, that was just like, wow. And it's really, I think once you can take yourself out of it being about you mm-hmm. and realize that you're a simple cog in this very large clock and you need to work so that everything else can work. And then once you take yourself out, you know, you hope the rest of the cogs just fill in where you left off. So it's, it's a really difficult thing to do, but it's, it's a practice. It's like yoga. It's like meditation. If you really truly practice every single opportunity you get with somebody um, either on or in your chair or as a client or a friend and truly just listen. And by listening, I mean, active listening, being that you're not thinking of the next thing you want to say, you're mm-hmm. truly just listening, making a pause. People have a really hard time in silence. I've mm-hmm. found mm-hmm. Uh, they just want to fill up the space with ums and uh, um, all these little filler words. And it's just like, if you just took a minute, And then there you go, fill it in with whatever you were going to say. So uh, I often, in my mind, I hear that sentiment when, when somebody is talking, I remind myself, I know you're listening, but are you hearing them? Make sure you're hearing them. And I just want to take it one step further as we wrap up. The thing that I know about you and that we love about you so much, Anastasia, is this isn't the way you run your business. This is the way you live your life. And so these principles spill over and they exist in your business, because that's the way you've lived your life. And that's why you've been our friend for so long. And it's why people are drawn to you. It's why you're a beacon. Uh, people come to you and, and you're like, Hey, how can I help you? And what can we do next? And, and what are you suffering from today? And how can I l- l- lighten that burden? Um, and uh, I love that about you. Thank you. So, and so many other people do. I know that for a fact. So, uh, well, listen, uh, we filled up our time. It was that easy. It was that quick. It's not at all surprising to me. Uh, we finish up every podcast with uh, a call to action to let people know that Anastasia is amazing, that her preferred method of communication is Instagram. She's on the gram. So you can find her uh, on Instagram at Anastasia Stylist. And she has a website. If you do want to hit up her website, AnastasiaStratton.com. Now, I also finish up every podcast with a lightning round. Are you ready? I am so ready. I knew that you would be right on top of it. All right. These are not serious, hard questions. I want your immediate answer. I don't even think of them in advance. I'm coming them off the top of my head. So the really the pressure's on me. Let's do it. Favorite brand of makeup? Mac. Favorite child's cartoon show? Oh, gosh. That one's hard because I feel like I'm always listening to them, not watching them. Um, We're going to go with, can it be a movie? Sure. Okay. uh, We're going to go with Inside Out. I loved Inside Out. So good. Have you seen Soul? Tonight. Tonight's the night, baby. Bring a tissue. Oh, I'm going to cry. And it's it's amazing. If you like jazz, especially if you like music. Oh, it's it's my favorite genre of music. Me too. So I sat there riveted. So enjoy it. Okay. um, Favorite beverage? Water with lemon. Huh. Everybody says that, but I know it's wine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and by water with lemon, I mean red wine. <laughs> there you go. So uh, in, when things open back up, what's the first restaurant you're going to go to? Oh, man. Oh, man. 
I know. Um, I don't. Called, I bring the heat. That's a hard question. Oh gosh, that is hard. I'm gonna go to Rise. Oh, have you ever been to Rise? Place. I that's have been a long time ago. My wife and I talk about Kenny's, like oh. an old family friend that we miss because of their service and their food. Yes. So, if you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area and you like to go out to dine and have exceptional experience, go see Kenny's Wood Fire Grill in Addison. Uh, Anastasia, you're a beacon of light. You're an exceptional business owner and entrepreneur. You're a leader in the field, but most importantly, you're an amazing human being. And I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Thanks, Don. With that, we're going to let Adam Wilmore take us out of here. Everybody have a great week. Thanks for listening to the People First and Profit podcast. If you like this episode, and I'm pretty sure you did, subscribe, review, and share it with your friends, fans, and followers wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the show notes for additional information about this week's guest, as well as a list of all the links and resources we discussed. Be sure to visit peoplefirstinprofit.com for a ton of great content, free resources, and links to the People First and Profit community. All right, I'm Adam Wilmore, and on behalf of your host, Don Mamoni, we'll see you next week. Thank you.